Just remember, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. In the culture war, there are no winners, just podcasters. Only a few are willing to risk their lives in the face of some of the dumbest ideas to have ever captured human civilization. Every week, we, Megan Daum and Sarah Hader, humbly accept this mission in order to bring you conversations that are equal parts stunning, brave, and unhinged. Welcome to a special place in hell. Morning, Sarah. Good morning, Megan. I know that most people cannot see us, uh, but I am wearing my pink, my Barbie pink this morning. Oh, yeah? In honor nice. of uh, the official the official summer of Barbie. Yeah. I can't uh, see you. I'm not looking at you. People no, don't you know shouldn't. this, but I'm actually yeah. not looking I, at you. I, that's what I suggest for everybody. I know YouTube <laughs> is uh, the key to life and a game changer, but uh, I highly suggest everybody just continue to listen and... Uh, and as as podcasts were meant to be listened to. Anyway, yes. So I took one for the team yesterday and went to see the Barbie movie because everybody was asking us to see it, to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I have to say, I loved it. Yeah? Totally loved it. Yeah. I had very low expectations. Okay. So. What did um, you love about it? Well, it was. It was. It's a huge mess. Let me just be clear. I don't. Okay. Think don't it's spoil like, it because I do want to. Not going to spoil anything. No. Well. I mean, okay, you Bar- can spoil Barbie, a bit. Barbie does not die at the end. Okay. Let's just be clear. All right. All right. Um, you can spoil the plot because I feel like that is the least interesting element of yeah, what's going on. For sure. <laughs> um, I had, my expectations were very low. But uh, I went and, uh, I mean, Greta Gerwig, I've always really liked her films in the past. I love uh, Lady Bird and... Um, I love the stuff she's collaborated with Noah Baumbach on, and uh, she co-wrote the script with him, and uh, his movies are um, amazing. Uh, but anyway, so this movie is like the the perfect reflection of the current state of the women's equality movement, however you want to define that, because it's like a complete mess. It's a million things at once. <laughs> it totally contradicts itself. <laughs> But somehow it succeeds because it's incredibly funny, most mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's like these amazing dance sequences and it's visually spectacular. It must have cost, I mean, I don't, I should look up what the budget is. I'm sure people are talking about what the budget, just incredible, you know, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to make this thing. I mean, the, in the, the credits alone must have, they credited a hundred dancers wow. uh, just for the, for the, for the dance numbers. Wow. Um but uh okay, well let's start here. Did you did you play with Barbies? Um, as a kid? A, a little bit, not a lot. That was not my favorite toy. I was I had a Barbie. Um mm-hmm. gifted to me by somebody who didn't know me very well. Yeah. Um, right. And she was just like a little slutty Barbie. That's I think that's part of the reason I didn't like her. I was like <laughs> slutty Barbie. Her. Like she was in this like t- tiny pink dress and she had like a like this huge heart pink like necklace and she was just she was um you know and, and it was like like a little strappy little dress too um i just felt like it was a little revealing it was not my taste uh yeah i i thought she was okay she was okay did they did have... you play with barbies yeah. no i well i hated all dolls okay yeah i didn't um, have dolls either yeah oh really interesting 
I'm a uh, Lego. I'm a Lego gal. Oh, okay. Always been. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I only liked stuffed animals. Yeah. If anybody tried to give me a doll, I would. I didn't like um, stuffed animals either. I, that I didn't like anything me. that was, I, I liked. Yeah, I liked. Lego you don't like anything that like is like related that to has human, human connection, human. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, uh, you know, my mother didn't want me to have Barbies. It was that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted the the Barbie accessories though, <clears throat> like the, mm-hmm. the I wanted the Barbie dream house without the Barbie in it. Mm. Yeah. And actually, that was true of all doll houses. I loved houses, but I didn't care about the dolls. I, I just that. wanted to decorate the houses. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so. The idea of this movie is that there exists this uh, world called Barbie Land. And so the first the first act of the movie, basically, I don't know, the first 30 or 40 minutes probably, is just this incredible, um, like, world building where they – I mean, basically, like, the filmmakers perform this sort of meta equivalent of a – triple axle or something like they're they're presenting barbie land as this utopia but it's also a joke um about barbies and it's but then it's a joke about utopias at the same time like it just keeps sort of doubling back on itself so the the concept is that the barbie um there were so many different kinds of barbies i mean there was sort of basic barbie as you just described but there was also you know congresswoman barbie and pilot barbie and <laughs> president um, barbie right president Isn't yes in- i mean I I believe so. I wasn't even aware of this. And so, you know, they really um they well the most brilliant maybe part of the movie was the opening sequence, which is a take on uh Stanley Kubrick Space Odyssey opening. So they show these little girls like, you know, the beginning of time, you know, sitting on rocks like in, you know, prehistoric times playing with baby dolls and it says in the beginning, you know, girls were only, uh, you know, all dolls were baby dolls and they had to, you know, the only way to play with a doll was to be a mother. And then, you know, suddenly Barbie appears on the scene and you see this like, you know, towering Barbie and, you know, suddenly the girls are like freed from their, their motherhood role and and the Barbie represented them and they could be whatever they wanted. And it was, it was so pitch perfect and it was like, silly mm-hmm. um it was so clearly silly that i found it really interesting the way people are interpreting that scene and in fact the whole film is for starters anti-motherhood i mean <laughs> mm. um i didn't get that at all um but uh i i did uh i i do find it, it i mean i guess it's not surprising that everybody's interpreting this through the lens of their own sort of biases and Anxiety. But that's what makes it a good. That's what makes yeah. it a good movie, right? That it's yeah. open enough to interpretation that it can go in like a couple of different ways. They don't like like force too many things down your throat. Well, they do. They no. They they offer you a lot of things. They don't really force yeah. it down your throat, but they throw yeah. it on your plate. Yeah, and they're like here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and the idea is that in Barbie Land is totally run by women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and there are the Ken dolls, uh, but they only exist, um, through the lens of the female gaze, right? Okay. So it's completely inverted. So but, you know, Ken and Ryan Gosling is like the main Ken. They're all named Ken and all the girls are named Barbie, but that's fine. Um, but Ken basically, he doesn't have any agency at all unless Barbie is looking at him or interacting with him, which was essentially the positioning of the Ken doll. 
Yeah. Right. Like a total, yeah. total add on. Accessory. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an accessory. Yeah. Um, and so then the conceit of the movie <laughs> is that um, Barbie, the, the sort of, you know, she's called uh, stereotypical Barbie. She's sort of like the basic Barbie. She starts to have um, kind of existential anxiety and the, mm. the fantasy land of, of Barbie land starts to slip away from her. And so she has to go into the real world and kind of um, figure out what's going on and, and meet the, the girls who have been playing with her because the Barbies are controlled by the girls that are playing them. Anyway, it's like, it's a crazy movie. I, that sounds fun. It's, I feel like it, yeah. it's great. That's kind of um, what I wanted it to be. Um, and I was really nervous about it because like, I like the director a lot too. And when I heard she was taking this on, I was like, this is like a really hard project to get even kind of right. Yeah. You know, like it is so, there are so many ways to fail with this movie. So I'm glad to, to, to hear that she didn't, I, you know, um, yeah. So I guess the main thing that I want to say, and I'm, um, I'm writing a sub stack about this. So the, easily the, the weakest scene in the movie is the one that's being heralded as an instant classic and, uh, incredibly important and, um, <laughs> and, and, and profound and something that should be taught in like history classes and feminist theory classes, uh, from here on out. And that is a monologue delivered by, America Ferreira's character. So America Ferreira plays um, a real life woman who is uh, the mother of a, of a little girl. And she is supposed to represent the kind of every woman. Mm-hmm. And she gives this, uh, this monologue that is like just this boilerplate feminist kind of pablum uh, about just how hard it is to be a woman. Yeah. And I was, you know, it's, it's it's what's so amazing about this film is that there's like these incredibly arch moments and kind of like really like silly slash sophisticated jokes, and then this this total like basic, you know, pumpkin spice latte of social critique, um, hmm. and people are just going nuts over this. Um, I'll just I'm gonna just read a a little bit from this from this monologue. So, um, America Ferrer says it's literally, literally, Sarah, it's literally impossible to be a woman. Okay. You, she's talking to her friends. <laughs> you are, you are so beautiful and so smart. And it kills me to think that you don't think you're good enough. Like mm. we always have to be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin. And you can never okay, say I you want this. to be thin. I read this okay. This is yeah. everywhere now. Okay. So is this, is this resonating with you? No. No. But it's supposed, I know it's supposed to resonate with me. I know, I know that that's what I've, do you feel that way? You're supposed to be thin, but not too thin? I mean, I feel like. No, I think you should just be You're supposed too to be thin. thin. You should be I think thin. you're, yeah, I right. think there's no, <laughs> like, I, right. I mean, like, I'm of the generation what? where you cannot be too thin. I, and I think that's actually the truth. Like, probably. Like, <laughs> well, <clears throat> people say you can be too thin, but I think it's just like. You're an I mean, you could be, yeah. You can be you anorexic. You could be dying. You could be dying. But we're all yeah. dying. Um, okay. Yeah. So that was okay. the worst part. And actually, that's one of the uh, that's <clears throat> one of the themes of the movie is that Barbie becomes obsessed with thoughts of death. So, okay. okay so Good. how about this? Okay. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. Well, that is, as a person in the creator economy, I can attest to that. Okay. What do you think about that? 
Yeah, I get it. I mean, I don't know. What, what does that mean? Ask for money from whom? Like, like Substack people? subscribers? Oh. I like, that's what we do every <laughs> yeah. time on um, this show. Okay. Please the- give us money. I, right. I okay. Mean, yeah. Look at that. Okay. So Came here's right one up. for here's one for you. <clears throat> you have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. Yeah, I do think that that's um, that is something that feel. I maybe maybe it's not society making me feel that way. Maybe it's just that I feel that way. I feel like I shouldn't be mean, and I hold back. You know, when I when I probably shouldn't. I really? Yeah. Okay. And Why you're you feel like, like society feels like? Well, Oh, I always, I am t- constantly afraid that people are mad at me. But you, I feel like you don't have that gene. I feel like you're. Yeah, I'm not that mad. Yeah, not I'm not that. that bad. I'm not that bad about it. But obviously, you don't want to get. You don't want to actually demoralize your workers. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to actually be so difficult to work with that nobody wants to work with. Yeah, so, but they're not you know, productive. There's, yes. Yeah, there's a practical element to not being too right. mean. Um. And I think I do. It's interesting because I, th- I was I was thinking about it the other day. I do think I talk differently to my female staff than to my male staff. Usually, not always, but oh. like un- unless they unless by getting to the, know them, I feel like okay, they're not um, you know it, it, they're not a typical male or a typical female, and I I can you know it, it individualize what I'm doing a little bit. But when you right right at the gate. I do think I treat them a little bit differently, which was interesting. And I wonder if it's wrong and if I should stop. You mean you with women, you treat like you hold their hands a little more or you just like a little bit. Uh, you yeah. Of, um, yeah. And I think that's part, your that, that's part of the problem, I think, because I think a lot of women. I, uh, so I know I do. Maybe maybe not a lot of women, but I know I do. I like when I get a critique from a woman, I actually in my ma- mind, I think She's being nice to me. So it's actually five times worse than whatever it is that she's saying. Like, if she's even bringing it up, it's actually terrible. It's it the, like the situation is so bad because she's bringing it up at all. And so I, you know, in my mind, I like magnify the criticism or critique. Like, it's really bad. Really? Um, yeah, because because I think women are being I, I just feel as if it's more likely that a woman's not being 100 percent direct with me and just kind of holding back in order to you know shield my feelings or something yeah if you really want to know what what the truth is you have to know what she's saying behind your back right right and And assume that it's not as bad as that okay whatever she's saying behind your back is you're probably is a little bit worse as that no it's a little bit worse what she's saying they're gonna get out because they can't say to your face okay this is my theory i'm coming up with this they can't say to your face so they have to like get it out in some other way so yeah. they they vent behind your back but it's twice as critical so yeah they, to make up for being half as critical to your face they're twice as critical behind your back that's a good theory i like that. i like the way you put that. Yeah, yeah i think i like the way you put that and that so i assume that though you know so i assume that so when i'm getting critique from a woman i'm like in my mind doing like feeling like i need to actually take this as you know, I need to be more serious about this. It's actually a bigger problem than whatever she's making it sound like. But I don't do that with my guys. I just feel like I just take them at their word, mostly. Mm. Um, it might be that if they don't know me, that they're also going to be a little bit, like, careful around me. But once they get to know me, I know they know that they could be direct. And then then they are. So I, that's, you know. It, and I wonder if there's, like, a secondary, like, element to that. And I know that that's 
what the other woman is also doing when I'm talking to her. Um, yeah. Oh. Like, m- many layers to this. All right. Well, we're going to get, we're going to talk about patriarchy. Are you direct in with a, me? In a minute here. I don't know if you're direct with me. Are you direct with me? Can I assume that what you're saying well, to me I'm worried is like, that you're, um, no, well, I'm like afraid of you. So. Okay. I don't want, <laughs> um, I, I don't need to be direct with you because you're so direct. <laughs> I'm doing. Uh, I don't. I'm okay. not aware of censoring myself with you at all, though. Okay, that's good. I think we so. work well together because we're both sort of not sensitive in that way. <laughs> okay. That's, yeah. You know. Okay. Uh-huh. I don't think we have to coddle each other. Other okay. than the, with the technology stuff, I know you have to. I can only. Yeah. Um, I have like horrible things. I I know what you're saying behind my back about my ineptitude I'm, with technology and i i, I, say I know no face, i know so they can't, i know so no it's no not, but i'm sure what you oh i'm it's, sure it's in it front is. of your face yeah, i'm sure no, no, it's no. worse behind my oh sarah please don't even deny it i'm sh- it's yeah. fine i don't blame you it's fine <laughs> um okay <laughs> so okay. here's more of the speech you have to be a career oh sorry you're you're supposed to love being a mother but don't talk about your kids all the damn time well that okay. does not apply to you um why would you even want to? Don't you get sick of talking about your kids all the time? I totally get sick of talking about my kids, which is why you never hear me do it. Yeah. I think you get sick of talking about my kids, um, which no, I understand. I lo- yeah. I, I mean, love it. your kids. Because it, it just validates my decision not, mm, not to have that's it. That's true. Mm. Um, okay. Uh, you have to be a career woman, but you always have to be looking out for other people as well. Mm. Eh. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane. But if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. Is the behavior insane or is it insane that you have to answer for it? I don't know what that means, answer for it. Like, give me an example of what that might mean. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I don't know. Well, look, this is a brilliant classic monologue, so let's not question yeah, it. Okay. All right. Apparently, uh, America Ferrara had to do like 30 to 50 takes and it to took this over right. two days to shoot this scene. Well, just because the complexity of the film, um, just production-wise, uh, I, okay. can, I can't even imagine. So, okay. Um, you are supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be part of the sisterhood. Hmm. That's not you. No. Yeah. I don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> Do but you worry you about all, that? Are you worried about tempting the the husband? Yeah, of, of, I, yeah like every day I I uglify myself because yeah. I don't want to. Um, I did uglify myself, um, and uh, when I was going to work, like at a physical workplace, I did do that. Um, really, uglify myself? Yeah. Well, because I I worked in a place with a lot of other women, but also because the men were really weird and creepy, and like I noticed on the days that I got dressed up like I would wear a skirt or something and put my hair down and put on makeup I did not like how you know interested and charmed they were by it like it just I was like I don't want this I don't want this level to be where you know where we both correspond I I, so I definitely uglified myself for really yeah yeah, well, I just like in the sense that I wouldn't wear makeup. I had ill-fitting, like like covered up clothes. Didn't wear a dress. Ne- like never wore a skirt. Nothing like that. Yeah, hair up every day. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You didn't feel All like right. you needed to do that a little bit because you get creepy comments. 
No, because I only ever worked in offices with women and I worked okay. in fashion magazines. So I, okay. I, didn't, I didn't have you to had, uglify myself. There was no, there was no <laughs> possible way yeah. that the, you have offices filled with, um, as, as my, as my friend Allison would always say, the five, six problem, which is that, you know, you would have been a model except that you're five, six. So you go into uh fashion magazine. Oh God. That's editorial publishing. Imagine, Isn't that terrible? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, you have to stand out. You have to always stand out and always be grateful. Mm. Um, but never forget that the system is rigged. Mm. It's too, this is too complex for me, Megan. This is too, okay. um, um, so you have to find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. Uh, okay. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. Mm. Okay. Any of those it resonate? Like a lot of like... I mean, they resonate, but I don't know. I just, just don't listen to it. You know, who's telling you? Like who... People are telling you this. they the patriots the, just stop we're getting, just stop we're doing it to just that. stop doing it and you know what your life will be fine. So okay, so this monologue, everybody's going on and on about how stunning and brave this is. Okay, uh, and so the whole time I was watching this in the movie, I was thinking about how a man could give almost the exact same speech, mm -hmm. and it would also be meaningful. Yeah, and or meaningless, fact, equally meaningless. Right. Well, well, it would also make it would track. It would like <laughs> yeah. because every everything about this seems so. I don't know. It's just hard to be a person. So actually, yeah. what I did is I came home from the movie. I got home and I sat down and I rewrote the whole monologue from a male point of view. Okay, let's hear it. You want to hear it? I'm going to put yeah. it on my Substack too. Okay. Oh, okay. All well, right. We can. We, we can. We can go to your Substack. Uh, we can. Yes. I'll give a little taste. Okay. Okay. Tell me if you think I'm off here. Okay. Okay. Um, and the men's rights uh, activists are going to love us here. Okay. It is literally impossible to be a man. Literally, <laughs> you are so strong and so capable. And it kills me, like as if any guy would talk to this, talk like this to other men. You guys, you it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. <laughs> like, we always have to be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. Okay, I know a guy would never say that. And a guy would never actually say any of this out loud, but like, let's yeah. just think about this. Okay, okay. okay. So instead of you, ha okay, so she had said you have to be thin, but not too thin. Okay, so mm -hmm. he's going to say you have to be... I don't know. I couldn't think of a better word. You have to be ripped, but not too ripped. <laughs> and you can never say you want to be ripped. You have to say you want to be fit, but also you have to be ripped, though nothing is more important than being tall. Mm, right? That's true. That's true. Um, clap, clap, clap to them. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because you shouldn't have to ask. Mm. You should just earn it and yeah. keep earning it. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. You have to be a boss, but you can't be an asshole. Okay. Stop me any time if you think I'm off. Because I can still I mean, off this. in the sense that, like, would guys actually say that? No, they're not going to say it out like, loud. But not tell even, me if you think any of this is not... Because is, uh, is, I, I, I don't think guys police... I don't think guys say, 
You have to be ripped, but not, you know, like. You but they're thinking this internally. Are they? No, thinking I, in a- I think guys do explicitly say those things. Like young guys will say, you know, I'm gonna like. I mean, I, maybe the guys I knew, but they would. They would literally say the kind of things a woman can't say. Like they, they would. They, they are they have permission to say, I go to the gym, and to get buff so that I can get more women. Like they just, they can be explicit about that, and nobody shames them. For wanting to go to the gym to get women. Okay, you know? but I think if they're too buff, then they if they start to look really vain. I think that you can't they, be too much. I mean, women don't like to that. women maybe women might not like that, but right, the other guys are like, "Hey, bros, you look great, bro." Like it's like the other bros. Okay, this have you too- seen this okay. meme of like? There's a meme of like um, this guy who um, at the top panel he's just like. Uh, when I get ripped, like I'm gonna get like so many girls, and he's like imagining all these girls being like, "Oh my god, wow, like you're so ripped," you know. And then reality, which is a bunch of dudes being like, "Hey, bro, you look so great, bro. Like, what's your, you know, I know, um, what's your routine, whatever. Like, what's." But I think that's I think that's true. G- other guys love it when guys. Well, I wonder if it's ripped. like the thin thing. Okay, actually, so the thin. You, if you're like super, super, super thin, a lot of guys do not like that. Yeah, but, but you're women going do. to impress women yeah or at least make them hate you and bring up a lot for them yeah yeah and i i think that's true two two big guys get a lot of attention from other guys right but it's not it's not appealing okay it's not so i guess so let's think of this um because a lot of the uh america forever monologue was sort of like how women perform for for men uh, okay for for men but i think that so much of this is how women perform for women i think yeah that what, what she's saying is you have to be thin but not too thin you have to be fit but not too you know i don't think guys care that much if you would say just say that you know it's it's other women who are kind of judging you about about this kind of thing uh, like more so than more so than men would like if i said to a man look i um obvi- like i yeah i'm wearing my i'm wearing makeup because it makes me better looking and I want to be pretty for, you know, I'm a straight woman and I want to be pretty. Um, I think that if I said that to a guy versus saying that to a girl, the girl would punish, the girl would be like, what? what? Like, you're trying to be pretty? Like, for a guy, for a man? You're trying, you're performing for men? You know, you don't think so? You don't think that one um, sex would punish like, you for that a little like more? Like, if you said out loud to a guy, like, I put I mean, on you wouldn't today. say, you wouldn't say out loud in this any this out loud to anybody but if you were going to say it to anyone i think it would be more i mean have you i think we talked about this um many many podcasts ago but this whole thing of women who get breast implants and then will say i did it for me you know right it just drives me crazy because well of course of course you know like what does that mean would you do it for you I mean, then this is what we're okay, but I think like, they do. Maybe they okay. Let me think about this. They're only doing it for men. Do lesbians only, ever get breast implants? I, I bet they don't. Like, uh, but maybe they do. But because other sure lesbians like boobs, you know, so maybe some of them do. But I think if it was the case that men hated big boobs, would any woman get a breast implant ever? Like, is she ever going to do it? If 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 uniformly. We knew that there were no big boob lovers in the world, men or lesbian women. Like, there were none. <laughs> who would be doing this? That's what I want. Who would be going right. under the knife and doing it? And if the answer is no one, then maybe maybe the most important element of breast implants is that it is sexually appealing, you know? And, and we shouldn't just 
lie about it by saying, oh, I did it for me. Yeah, your internal desire to be appealing right, but to maybe you, you know, did it okay. for you. Maybe you did it. Well, right. But then this is how deep does this go? Because you do it for you so you can feel more attractive. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You can enjoy sex more. It, so it, you are doing it for you. Uh, yeah, but it's always based on on the male desire, you know, like on the imprint of the male or what you think male desire is yeah, but or it, even, or even lesbian desire, I guess. And then, well, or and just then what it means to yourself. be sexual. Um, mm-hmm. I would be very curious if there are any lesbian, we have some lesbian listeners. So if so you that, know anybody, any lesbians who've gotten breast implants, please. I guess the way to think about it comment. is what you're doing for you versus what you're doing for men slash society is would you do the same thing if, you know, you were the last person on earth and you knew you were never going to meet another human again. Would you get, what would you do then? How would you change your appearance? How would you begin to behave? And if there are ways in which you would change, then maybe that's not, it's not about your comfort level. It's not about like something very deeply innate. Maybe there's, there's a, uh, um, a dialogue that you are having with society and that is helping, you know, and that is helping shape your, um, you know, comfort level or whatever. And then, and then you do the same. I mean, even something like bathing, like would you bathe less? Would you bathe more? Would you cut your hair short on earth? Yeah. Would you, would you you chop off your hair? Would you, you know, well, I like having short hair. Um, would you grow? I would, if I, if I was, if I was the, would I, well, I mean, if I was the last person on earth, there wouldn't be any hair cutters. So I would have to grow up my hair. I would shear my head like a sheep. Like I would just, oh. just you know, just just buzz it. You go like no one's gonna look O'Connor. at me. No one's gonna look at me. Why would I? But why? You know, there's no reason. No one's ever gonna look at me ever again. So I should just be as comfortable as possible. If I was the last person on earth, I would still be do. I, I would still do like on demand makeup uh, video bar bar method workouts probably. No, because <laughs> you'd be bored. Like, what is there to do? I wouldn't do. Is either. there Zoom? If you're the last person on Earth, I guess there's nobody to Zoom there's no with. One to look at. There's, there's no nothing. one to Zoom with. There's nothing. There's no. I mean, I I would do. I would still do physically active things, but they would just not be physically active things geared towards like giving me a nice butt. Specifically, if you were the last person on Earth and you say you didn't have to, like, do you have to earn money in this scenario? How would you spend your time? Let's say you just have like endless supply of like you know, like food everywhere. Like every people have just disappeared. But you get really fat and eat anything you want. You can eat whatever you want. You can eat all the expired, you know, Twinkies around. And so why not? Maybe, you know? Yeah. I would probably eat more. Think about that. Okay. All right. Well, here's my speech is continuing. Uh, You're supposed to love being a dad. But God help you if you want to stay home with your kids or take paternity leave. Oh, mm, that's good. I like that you, the way you switched around. Yeah. Um, okay. You have to be in touch with your feminine side, but also be the protector, the one who gets up at night when there's a weird sound, the one mm-hmm. who changes the flat tire, the one who mm-hmm. just does the dirty work because it's just assumed that you actually like the dirty work because it makes you feel like more of a man as opposed to a failure of a man because you don't really know what you're doing. Mm. What about that? Mm, interesting. No, I think that's 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 interesting. I'd like to hear what men think about it. Well, I mean, this I've written about because I suspect before. they do like to do dirty work. Like, like I the think whole, they, they protest too much. I know, but like, um, if they, like, like you know, if there's a mouse or something, 
Do you think sure. it's fair that we always not? I mean, we, I look. I'm. I okay. would be guilty. You're doing of this. it. You, yeah. Okay. Wait. Well, no. But I, if there's I, a mouse in your house, who takes yeah. care of it? Everybody. I'm sure there's a mouse in your house. Like you're. You're all. Everyone's screwed. There has. Well, the I whole would house move has to be for starters. Yeah. There's I would no. Just, I would just. How move do you to get this thing house. out? Yeah. There's. Yeah. Nothing you can do. You live with the house. The mouse now. Um, I think that. <sighs> Men mind less, like discussing dirty work, you know, you know, and I think that that that's OK if that reflects in real life. I'm not assuming they love it. I'm not like, oh, they're, they're excited to to kill this mouse, but they're maybe less disgusted by it than I might be. Um, and that that's of course, that's different from man to man, because I know men who are way more like I'm I'm. Not that disgusted by bugs. I'll just kill. I'll just like like me too. Was, if there was you know? a bug here, I would just like smack it with my hand, me and it too. wouldn't. I would just be like, okay, and then I just wipe spiders, it off. Spiders. I have it. no fear of at all. Yeah, I have no oh. fear of bugs. Like I don't know, no fear of bugs, and I don't. I'm not disgusted. I just I'll just kill it. And um, my husband is a lot more like we need a napkin, and we're gonna like you know, oh can't, really? <laughs> can't touch it with my hand. But what about a mouse? Like I can squat if it's can be squashed right there, it's fine. But if it's a yeah. mouse that like undoes me because it's mobile and it goes it's so fast i don't like that it can't come at you and alive and it's furry and it's a mammal Mm -hmm. you know they're cute sometimes Mm. that's what's anyway is that they're cute all right i just think that there's like uh we forget of we forget all the things that men have to do i you know i I think back in like like i remember in college there was a time where i was like hanging out with these dudes and they would do gross shit for fun and they were enjoying they were enjoy- they would be like oh, like what like sarah come 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 here come come under the sink it smells terrible you have to smell this smell i'm like i'm not gonna what? smell your stinky sink like i have no interest in smelling this horrible smell but they're like no you got you gotta smell it it's the worst and i like <laughs> i never understood the appeal of smelling this horrible horrible thing um but they were all like really they thought it was really interesting or something i don't know what Mm-hmm. I don't know, but they would do things like that that was very off-putting to me. Um, right, the gross out. Just yeah, to, yeah, and then it was like it was like fun to be a little to be gross and to kind of gross each other out a little. So they bit. have less of the disgust. We'll have to talk about this with Diana Fleischman, who we're going to have on the show soon about the disgust, disgust gene or I think the disgust oh, reaction. Right, they definitely have men. Definitely, I, I would be surprised yeah. if if men on the whole had. A higher sense of disgust. I bet they have higher sense of disgust in specific realms. I think you know. I read something about like um, homos, like watching like um, two guys kiss or something provokes a disgust response in straight men that is like pretty elevated, like like very intense. In a but way that has that to be socially constructed. Does it? I mean, you'd think. Why? Well, not necessarily. They, I mean, that's internalized <laughs> homophobia. Oh my god! But like, we're gonna, you know, what I'm, I'm saying, okay, like, where's the society? Just, um, you know, no. <laughs> all right, okay, not necessarily. I just think not necessarily. I don't, I don't know what we can do about disgust. I think disgust is mostly innate, but we can yeah. change it. Well, but no, Diana, I think Diana us. Flashman will dis- disagree. So, or maybe she. Yeah. I'll be interested well, in talking to her about that. Okay, all right. You have to answer for women's bad behavior, which is insane. Like sometimes literally insane. Kind but if you, of, but if you point yeah. out, but if you point that out, you're accused of not listening, mm. not caring enough, of mm. gaslighting. Very good. Yeah. Very good. 
Well done, um, Megan. I, okay. I want to know what men think about your speech. Yeah. Oh no, it go but, it goes on and on. But I really, I, I, I do, I do have to say <laughs> that. Uh, um, maybe maybe Greta Gerwig was being very sneaky because the speech was so. It, it was just so generic, but maybe she like smuggled in some kind of uh, double meaning. Five D chess situation, maybe. Maybe it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, so she's because smart. I, what's that? She's smart. She's you know a thought. Yeah. She's she's somebody who I think could accomplish that. But I also don't feel like you know every th- there's a lot of people that were involved in this movie, so it's hard to get a. I know it's hard to know who there. did what for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. But. Yeah, I mean the patriarchy is like um constantly mentioned. I don't I, I wanted to like count how many times the word came up, uh, but I lost count. And uh a lot of a lot of you know, there's a lot of talk online about the, the patriarchy is almost like a character in and of itself, although it's never never defined, of course. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women are talking about how they took their little girls to see Barbie and the little girl afterwards said, Mommy, what's the patriarchy? Yeah. And um, it was a teachable moment. Yeah. Yeah. So I um, I saw a tweet which was uh, claiming something to that effect uh, a couple of days ago. And um, I asked my followers too, like, well, what is it? I would like to know too. Like this little girl is asking, what's the patriarchy? And I would like to know what the patriarchy is. Um, and I feel like I've been spending, you know, I, I had a post on Substack about it like many, many months ago, asking people the same thing. Um, it's like, what, is, what do you, what, what would you define as a patriarchy? What is a, an element of the patriarchy that can't be moved according to, according to you? And everybody has different responses. Everybody has a different conception of it. It's a very frustrating concept in that it really, like it, it isn't explicitly defined anywhere and even when it is like you can you can can literally look up patriarchy and you can get a definition but it's not clear how this necessarily how is this proven like how how do we know this is this is definitely the mechanism um you know underlying our society Uh, how do we know that this is the this is the explanatory factor you know um and I'm skeptical of it. I'm skeptical of patriarchy theory. I'm skeptical of this framework. I'm skeptical of like the feminist, you know, um, perspective on the whole. Um, And this got me in a lot of trouble on Twitter. Surprise. Shocking. Surprise. So the problem is, is that I'm, I, I have all this gender critical tweet, you know, all these gender critical tweets that I've been, that I've been sending out past couple of, years and now i'm getting this feminist audience which is so you know i mean it's interesting but it's also devastating because it's like because i feel like it's such an incurious bunch you know it's such a they are so closed-minded they already know the answers you know they they already know what's like they already know what their society is composed of and why things are happening and they're very snarky in the way that they um, relate, uh, dis- discuss things with people. I, and, and since I've been, uh, you know, tangling with feminists in the last couple of days, you know, just it, it, my timeline is filled with BS, you know, ad hominems, just all these insults that I'm, I'm a cool girl. Do you know what that is? I don't know. 
I don't oh. think they mean actually well, cool. I think they mean no, like the kind of girl who wants to be cool for guys or that's something. That's talking. Like that's from Gone guys. Girl. So that's a reference oh. to Gone Girl. So yeah, oh. that was another very famous monologue. Mm. Um, uh, yes, and actually, very much. I, I bet that this America for Error monologue will go into the same sort of canon as the um, was it Rosamund Pike who was the actress that delivered yeah. that? Yeah, like the idea of the cool girl was that you are always. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're down, you're, you're hot, but you're down for anything and you're hanging out with the guys and you'll eat pizza, but you're also like sexy. Super Actually, skinny. The, and, yeah. The, yeah. Okay. The cadence of that monologue is very similar to this one from Barbie now that I think of it. So yeah, well, I saw that tweet and, um, I, I corrected them because you're obviously not cool at all. So I'm over, I'm not, yeah, exactly. Not that, that, I don't know what they're. I don't know what they're, they're not about. talking about actually being cool. They're talking about like trying yeah, to yeah, get yeah. guys being, to to like trying to get guys to to uh, not think you're just like another and pick girl. That's the other. That's the other um, insult that they were throwing throwing at me. Being a pick me. Have you heard this? Mm-hmm. This one. This yeah. one I know because it's internet. But yeah. it's like pick me. Pick you know. <laughs> so um, that was um, and it's all. Well, what did you very... say exactly? What was your crime? Do you remember what was the I don't original know if I crime? Can, so my original crime was was to to question whether uh, there is a conception of the patriarchy that is internally coherent and or actually true in our world. You know, like actually something that maps well into onto our present day reality. And um I don't think that there is a definition that maps well. Um and, you know, I was questioning that a little bit. And so I asked for, you know, how do you define it, you know, to, to, to people? And some feminists got mad that I asked the question. It's kind of like asking what is a woman? <laughs> like, well, right. I if guess, you, have to, you know, like, you know, if you have to ask. But um, uh, it, it, so so I got a lot of um, fun little responses and uh, back and forth clashes about it. And I, I think it, it's not the case that I feel like the framework is necessarily wrong. I just haven't encountered a conception that I feel is right. Um, that, that I feel explains what is going on in our world. Do you feel, I mean, you feel, we, we talked about this a little bit before um, the, this recording. And I think you were, you were saying you were pushing back um, on my claims a little bit. I think you, well, your do you claim feel is that, that the, Okay. Your is this a is- good term for you? Like, is this a useful term? Do you think that this is an act? Like, do you feel there's something about our world that really, that this conception patriarchy um, um, clarifies? Well, I mean, I'm not a fan of the word. That's not a uh-huh. secret. Um, I guess insofar as, you know, historically in human civilization, men, mm. because they have more physical power and they're less hampered by child bearing, mm. uh, have been economically dominant and mm-hmm. decision making and women have been property. And so, yes, I guess that's, that, that is how you would define a patriarchy, but we, we are less patriarchal than ever than at any time in hu- human civilization right now. Mm. So that, that's where I lose patience. You know, it's never been a worse time to be a woman. Well, uh, <laughs> why don't you, why don't you, uh, go in the way back machine even five minutes ago? Um, 
but yeah, I mean, how can you say, look, what do you say to the person who says, okay, well, the culture might be feminized and uh, I, I can go with you, to, you know, to a certain extent with that. But the fact is that men control government. They're in all the power, the quarters of power. Um, what do you have to say to that? I think there are, well, there's, there's two things that I might, might say to it. One is that in order for something to feel wrong to me, um, you have to explain, well, how it's unjust, not just that it's unequal, you know, because there, it is true that there is inequality, especially when it comes to, you know, the halls of power. But is this unjust? You know, is this uh, due to necessarily some kind of discriminatory system that, you know, that is social, a social construct that we can undo somehow? Um, because that's not clear to me. And I think this is where th th there's several there are several places in which. I disagree with the feminist conception of the world. And because I disagree with, you know, what we both see is true in our world, I can't, I can't possibly arrive at their conclusions. I think that there is a difference between the sexes and that difference manifests in a lot of ways. And that if you are a society with, that truly gives women all the opportunities you know, fully, fully allowing them to reach their potential and fully allowing males and men to reach, to reach their potential. You will not see men and women do the same things, um, at equal, you know, yeah, in equal amounts. In Scandinavia. You, yeah. Right. You won't, you won't see that. You will see, you will actually see the opposite because when it is the case that people have full opportunity and full freedom at that point, the differences are just in what is innate. You know, the difference is, the sex differences will become more clear as as you you know rightly point out in Scandinavia they do in in India you will see more uh, a higher percentage of women going into programming and going into engineering than you would in Scandinavia and the difference it's not because India is this wonderful place for women it's because it's a place that is actually not wonderful for anybody and so women have to take on um a certain kind of role to make money for their families um, and in Scandinavia, they feel less pressure to do that. And so they do what they want to do. Right. Um, so actually, can we pause here for a second? Because I love how, um, you know, when they come up with these examples of, um, there's never been a, a woman president of the U S but then, and then they come up with like these list of, you know, countries in the developing world that have had that have multiple female yeah. presidents. Yeah. And is that because yeah. there are quotas? Like, can, can you explain how that happens? Yeah. I just, I, that, specific it, it, but this is what i'm this is what i mean this is like so much of feminist thought like you they, they they have this like oh what about this and you actually can explain it in ways that really undermine their ideology or sidestep it entirely and then they it, it's it's as if it just you know it doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really right. hit them they don't really they don't really take this into account but it, it that example of women presidents, um, especially in the developing world, really um, annoys me to death because I come from Pakistan. There have been female prime ministers in Pakistan. Um, there are female prime ministers and presidents or whatever, heads of state in the Muslim world. The Muslim world is some of, one of the worst places to be a woman. The assumption should not be, well, it's actually maybe not that bad for women um, because it's not you know, that that. that there can be a lot of other things going on. And in fact, there are a lot of other things going on. Different systems, different countries work, have different 
political systems, different political parties. In Pakistan, for example, you really do elect like a party um, in a way that you don't really elect a person. And often um, women, when they you know reach heights of, of, of political power, it's because they're related to, it's kind of like a Hillary Clinton thing. They're related to a powerful family um, there, you know, as if, imagine if, if you're like a Kennedy, you know, like a female Kennedy, um, in America, but, but imagine this Kennedy has a lot more power, you know, in a country. Okay. So how the come they're not going, family. oh, she doesn't even deserve it. She's just related. Well, because she's not, guy. because they don't care. That's not an equality of opportunity thing. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's not like Pakistan doesn't care. But do they have about, like a, are they able to sort of stomach a female leader in a way that but they don't feel like they're not they hear. don't feel like they're electing a female leader they feel like they're electing a party they feel like they're electing a family they feel like um it's it's it, it, it isn't it isn't a direct it's something that you can directly map onto american politics and get the same you know and and derive something meaningful about that world <clears throat> Um, and you can actually take this, you know, across the board. So there's another um, example that was thrown away. Way is like this is an example that we're, this is um, evidence that we're in a patriarchy. Well, there's no medical research on women, or less medical research on women. What about lived experience? Come on, you know. But if you look into why there's less medical research, it's it's not a patriarchal reason. <laughs> you know, it's just that medical research is harder to perform on women because we have. Um, what, uh, you know, a variable going, yeah. we have menstruation, we have menstrual cycles, we have different hormones going on at different times of the month. And so that, um, adds that, that clouds up the, the data a little bit. And in order to have accurate data with women, you have to like find women who are at this, you know, and note at what point of their cycle they're on. And, and it, so they it don't want to do be, the extra work. How come on? That's a little, it has to be longer. Yeah. Work. Like s- studies that include women have to be longer. They have to be better funded. They have to I mean, there's there are a lot of just, you know, logistical reasons. But in the past, <laughs> okay. Is- but in the past, you are you can't say that they didn't the, that wasn't the only reason they didn't study women. I mean, a hundred years ago. I don't, I didn't, it didn't occur I don't know. to maybe them. maybe it was I mean, maybe it didn't it wasn't. because men are like the default setting. It's the it That's, is it's the it, second it sex. That's what they, they will say. It it could have been simply because we didn't realize that men and women physiologically were so different that in order. Well, I don't excuse, think what, it is the case me, that what they're Sarah. What are you saying? I don't think they're not. There's no I mean, differences. Are, is as the we implication know now. is the implication that men, you know, a hundred years ago wanted medicine that they were giving to their wives and their daughters to be bad, like they wanted it to not work as well. Is that? You know, I just feel like the implication is ridiculous. Of course, it's not true. Of course, you had female patients and you wanted things to work on female patients, but it wasn't clear how much of a difference there might be with, you know, something working on men's and something not working on women. And then it, it, the fact that it continues on to this day has a lot to do with the logistics of it. Um, maybe that's something as a society we can correct. So, yeah, there could be a correction, but that doesn't mean that the reason it is happening is because of, you know, quote unquote patriarchy. Um, the reason it is happening is because of a of a bias towards men and against women. I just don't feel like this is a this is not an explanation that when you look into the specifics of a lot of things actually makes 
sense. And there is so much evidence that might contradict it. And men's rights activists, I mean, I'm not a men's rights activist, but they will say, oh, well, what about all the, you know, there's no male domestic violence shelters and there's no, you know, da 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 and, and custody battles and all these things. And they will, they will give you a hundred examples of the ways in which society is biased um, in their eyes against men. Mm-hmm. And there's a, you know, there's actually systemic um, misandry going on. Um, so I think that you, if if you want to hold up a framework um, that this is necessarily what's happening, it has to be um, justified, you know, to a greater extent than than feminists are able to justify it at the moment. Right now, they're just you know, it's just well, there's no women in power. There's no, you know, yeah. or, or not as many women in power. But it has to be something that cannot be explained by biological differences. It has to be something that. You know that that other otherwise defies explanation, but they almost never defy explanation. No, I know. You know I, look, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, and I have written about this, and I have said this. I'm just trying to, you know, yeah, no, 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 devil's I, advocate I, I, I here like because that. this I is like, what they will say. Um, this is what they do say. This is what they do say. And I just feel like it's um, it's not to say that I deny that for much of history, even today, in many parts of the world, not the west but in many parts of the world women are second class citizens third class citizens whatever you know like they're 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 truly not not considered full persons um and that i i agree even that that was the case in the west but do i agree that the explanation of that reality the best explanation of that reality is that there is a bias against women like by there's a desire by men to dominate women and that is why we are we have been seeing what we've been seeing. I don't know. I think it's a kind of a weak explanation, um, and it's also one that doesn't really provide any kind of <clears throat> explanations that are useful. I mean, that's one way to look at how valuable a theory is. Is can it? Can I now use it to predict something else? You know, can I now? Um, you know, if if I think that you, men just need to be educated and then they'll stop rape or whatever. Like, let's say that's my that's teach my, men not um, to rape. Yeah. And yeah. not that not all feminists don't think this, but some feminists do think this. But if if it was the case that it's just a social construct and we just need to socially like like get like, capture boys when they're very young and um, educate them, aka brainwash them, whatever, like it, it get them to to not think this way, will we see a different kind of reality? <clears throat> I think there's probably some amount of you know. Social construction that can change um, uh, our social reality, but I do not think there is, you know, any amount of social construction that is still fair that will completely undo. Well, you're the, not going to get the, rid of you know predators. biological six. No, okay, but wait, let's just stay on this like sexual violence thing for a minute. So you're not, and there's no amount of social engineering that's going to get rid of predators. Like, but, but, but you can lessen them. You can you, lessen but them. you can also change the culture. I mean, the fact is that mm-hmm. what, you know, the Brett Kavanaugh scenario um, is something very much of its time. It's not saying it doesn't happen. It, it doesn't still happen. But we have entire generations of boys who are so sensitized to this, to the, to yeah. the point where consent it, it rules their entire mentality. So they're afraid to do anything. I mean, you know, I don't want to be hyperbolic about it, but I, it's like, you know, there's all kinds of ways that society has changed. I mean, people didn't used to wear seatbelts. They used to think that that was just 
you know, a, a complete infringement upon their rights. Right. And now everybody does it without thinking about it. So it's not to say that social construction doesn't do anything. I'm saying that social construction, in order to be effective at what we want it to be effective at, like in order for it to have the effects that we hope it will have, um, you have to have a theory that actually maps well onto what is onto why people are doing what they're doing. Um, if I think that, you know, men are just maybe predisposed to a certain kind of sexual predation, um, and that if, if I think that there are a certain amount of men who cannot be educated out of it, you're not going to educate, you're not going to, there are predators, a certain amount of men, small percentage of men that are predators and you can't teach them not to rape, then I have to think about other ways that I would play around within the incentives that are going on in their head to disabuse them of, you know, or, or, or to make them think twice um, about being predatorial. <clears throat> maybe I just have, um, you know, something simple. It's just a justice system. The justice system is heavily, you know, it penalizes rape to, to a really great degree. And, and actually that is, that is a one simple solution that does work, you know, in, in the developing world, there are parts of the developing world that have a very different conception of rape. They're, you know, um, might not, uh, even penalize marital rape that don't even have a, they don't even have the, they don't even believe that there can be rape in a marriage. Well, I mean, you know, they didn't believe but, that here until the right, 70s. Right. And and then the second that you start to have a society where you say, okay, well, actually that's, that's wrong. And we're going to put it in the books. Well, you still have men who might be inclined to do that. You haven't changed their nature, but you have changed the, you know, the, the, the choices in front of them in a way that you will modify their behavior. So it's not to say that, Social construction is useless, um, that it can't have really positive effects, but that in order for it to not have a lot of, um, you know, harmful secondary effects, you have to have um, an understanding of human nature that's accurate. And I don't think patriarchy theory has that understanding, partially because feminists have trouble um, really grappling with the reality of biological sex differences. Yeah. I think that's why you see so much that the nonsense teach men not to rape. It's a not, that's a nonsense. Yeah. It, it, it's completely nonsense. Um, I remember when, um, uh, you know, Afghanistan was falling back into the hands of the Taliban, um, a couple of year, uh, a year ago now. Right. Um, but, uh, or it, it, I remember seeing, um, on my feed, on Twitter and like Facebook and all this stuff, like people reacting to what was happening um, that, you know, we left, we left and within days, within, you know, just everything fell back to where it was. Yeah. Um, you know, Taliban's back in power. People seem to like them. Um, women's colleges and schools and stuff are shutting down. Um, and I remember people thinking, oh my God, like how can, how can so much progress just go away in an instant? You know, we spent 10 years longer. You know, we spent we spent so much time there building these institutions, you know, having these opening these women's colleges and educating, you know, upper at, at least upper class women, but educating people there and getting them familiar with this liberal conception of human rights. And just like that, it went away. Um, you know, people were very surprised. I wasn't surprised. I, you know, I wasn't surprised at all because I don't see, um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that you can just teach somebody, uh, liberalism and just teach them, you know, they pluck them out from their stone age civilization and 
teach them about patriarchy and now they're going to be now they're going to behave totally differently i don't think that 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 doesn't map that doesn't work um Okay. What you what, what you have to do with to, to get a civilization like Afghanistan to be different is actually so much more involved than that. It's the it's a process that if I were to actually you know if I were to actually I had god like powers over the universe and I could bring Afghanistan into <laughs> modernity, it would take a hundred years um, for me to actually accomplish it, and I would have to slowly move a million different aspects of their society to get to the point that this liberal conception of human rights even made any kind of sense to them, you know, that it was going to be accepted on any level at all. And is this a case um, of religion? What is the fundamental difference? It's not, it's not difference? just, a, it's everything. It's every, everything about there's there and there, you know, people are going to get insulted by this terminology because it is obviously it's extreme and it's insulting, but this is a stone age society. You know, it's not, it's not just religion, everything about, Everything about how they live their world is different. The realities in their world are different. Um, and I think that in the West, we have a, a very tough time reconciling with what it actually takes for society to progress forward. It is not just, you can't just move this one thing and now everything else is like a little bit better. Um, but there's, there's, you know, p- things are coming together. Um, in a form that can either forestall progress or make it easier. If you think about even in, in just the sciences in particular, right? And you think about like us recognizing that the earth revolves around the sun um, and really grappling with, <laughs> with, with that fact. Um, this was not something that we were ready to hear at the time that it was first theorized by someone and discovered by someone like at, in in Copernicus's time we were not ready to hear this because the rest of our understanding of the universe did not comply with that at all and so it was just nonsense it was gibberish mm-hmm. it was never going to be accepted at his time and he knew that by the time of Galileo things had started to change a little bit in the sciences um and and this is not something that that is obvious to people who are just have this sort of kind of super superficial understanding of the Galileo affair. But of course there was a church that was against um, uh, the, the, the heliocentric model um, for biblical reasons, uh, for, you know, heretical reasons. And then there was, uh, but, but, but there was also, there were also quite, a, <laughs> there were also many scientists that were um, against Galileo and that, and who were arguing from a basis of reason that it couldn't, it couldn't be that what he says is true is true. Um, because if it was, it would have all these implications that make no sense. You know, if it was the case that the earth is, you know, hurling around the sun going, you know, however many, you know, at at whatever, I don't know the exact speed, but going however many miles at whatever speed, surely we would feel it. Surely if that's what was happening, then if, you know, I throw a ball to my right and I throw a ball to my left, um, they would go to, at different distances, because there's a direction that the earth is actually moving in. <laughs> so there were, I mean, there were reasonable, rational, you know, um, interjections yeah. to Galileo's findings that actually, they do make sense. Because what you need, what you needed at that time wasn't just this new 
understanding of, you know, astronomy. Like what you needed was a new physics. What you needed was Mm -hmm. Newton to come around and to explain to us why the physics of the thing actually makes sense too. Right. right? And then once it all comes together. Framework. Yeah. You need, right. I mean, you need, there are multiple things that uphold (laughs) um, this new understanding of the universe that needed to come together at the same time. That's just, you know, in a, spe- in a small way, how that works in the sciences. But when we're talking about civilization building, when we're talking about um, really uh, c- conceptions of human rights and liberalism that are totally, you know, that are very unique um, in the course of human affairs, it takes a certain, it takes a, a, a backdrop. It takes a stage on which those claims make sense, on which it makes sense to say, that people have an inherent dignity, you know, um, people have a right to life. This is not a commonsensical thing. And this is it, 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 in a way that our forefathers a thousand years ago would have understood it. Like if you if you went to them and you said everybody has a right to life, they would have been like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Says who? <laughs> I don't but, I don't know. OK, about but, that, like, you know? but with the Taliban thing, it's not like they're existing in a different like period of history they're living yeah they are i mean but they're but like they see it's not like they're not aware of what the rest of the world is doing it's not like they they hate what the rest of the okay but it it makes no sense to them but like how can it but they're it's not it makes no sense to them because they don't want it to make sense they have incentives for it not to make sense it's not like it doesn't exist i mean i i appreciate Mm -hmm. i i'm glad that you laid this out, but I'm not sure it entirely no, no, tracks no, no. because I, it's not. I, I don't think it's because I, I think that I, I think it's hard to imagine because we are already here and it's hard to imagine. It's hard to put ourselves in the shoes of somebody who is not like us. But um, I had a conversation with somebody who's from Pakistan, um, who was raised in Pakistan um, and not in a super wealthy family. I mean, not in a poor family, but not in like a super wealthy family, not and, and also just like decent, de- pretty educated. But at the same time, um, you know, we were talking about individualism, like Western individualism. And he was, you know, he he was talking about how just this conception of individual rights was new to him. Um, and when he when he started to read about it, when he started to encounter, you know, John Stuart Mill, it really was a totally it was a totally revelatory experience because he had never thought about the individual in that way um and that was that was just not the messages that society his his society was you know sort of tacitly feeding him all the time i think we underestimate all the ways in which our society gives us a million different messages that it has been feeding us you know from the you know from birth that we take for granted and we take for granted so much that we cannot imagine that somebody else doesn't share them um I remember some essay and I can't find it anymore. I tried to find it a couple times, but I think it was by Noah Feldman um, who was, you know, he was, a, he was, he was a part of like the, the brain, the brain trust um, that was uh, um, uh, trying to build this new, this new government in Iraq after, um, after our invasion. Um, uh, and he was talking about why it failed and why it didn't work. Um, and, you know, one of the things he mentioned was that he had he had underestimated the extent to which our intellectual foundations um, held up our sense of what democracy should look like and why it is right 
our sense of liberalism and why is it right? You know, and, 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 and almost as if like you need, you need Locke, you need Locke to come and make certain claims and John, then the constitution makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Um, okay. you, you need him to come and, and make certain claims and, you know, and, and then, and then over, and then you need another guy to make another claim and you need another guy to make another claim. And then for right. that to be adopted into our constitution and you have to kind of walk that walk. It doesn't have to be that exact walk. You know, it doesn't have to be that you have to recreate Western civilization everywhere in the same way. Well, that will, it will never work. But that you have to, that there definitely has to be a progression um, and that you cannot just cut a society, you know, just stop everything and here's a new government, here's liberal democracy, here's a new constitution, and that, and that, that it will make sense in that society and it will be accepted by its people. It won't. Um, Anyway, I, I feel like we're getting off track a little no, bit. No, no, no. I, I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying. Do you see what I, I'm? But I just, yeah. it's. I think it's hard for people to get their minds around because these societies are existing concurrently to developed Western societies. It's not like they're. It's not like they're being. It's not like it's some kind of theory of physics that is like absolutely beyond but their we brain see wiring to comprehend. The, it's not about their it's not that it's beyond them as in they're stupid. It's that it's beyond them because it's not it is it is not um uh it it is not something that is emphasized and reinforced by all the other memes that are floating around them and have always been floating around. But I get that, but like don't they it's not like like, a few like people uh, watching don't have the, the Terminator. Internet. Like, but but watching the Terminator doesn't, you know, like I mean I and I my that's why my dad did and that's why I'm that, that's actually why my name is Sarah. Did you know that? Because of the um, Terminator? Because of Sarah Connor. It's ridiculous. What? But yeah, I know. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, uh, it, it is not the case that, that this sort of superficial um, artifacts of another society are enough to really change. I mean, imagine, imagine feeling this way about, you know, like we, we are now, um, a society that is much more exposed to Asian culture because we are, you know, we're getting K-pop or whatever, you know, we're getting K-pop or getting these movies or these, these, um, superstars. Yeah. Yeah. But all, but all these, you know, um, is it the case that we are moving closer to that society because to the society that produces those products, maybe in a little, maybe a little bit, um, but not not very much. We're not becoming Japan. But I would say those societies are not becoming yeah, Korea because those we're societies K-pop. becoming more Westernized, though. I mean, they're K-pop more is but they have more own... legible to a Western audience than some kind of you know ancient Korean mm-hmm. art form. Maybe, um, but I, I I don't. I still think that it is not sufficient. It, it, it is, it does have an effect, of course. Like there is, um, a cultural transmission that's happening from the West to everywhere else because we are so culturally dominant. But I do not think, you know, as somebody who was exposed by, to Western culture in Pakistan, like I got Cartoon Network, you know, and I watched Tom and Jerry and Scooby Doo. Um, <laughs> that's high and, quality stuff. <laughs> and like, yeah, Mickey Mouse, whatever. Like I was familiar, I was, I knew these, I knew these guys. I did not understand English. But I I understood what they were, what was happening, kind of, you know. They were um, beating each other up. Tom and Jerry. Well, yeah, Tom and Jerry uh, is like, you don't even need. It's like slapstick. It's pretty good. Talk about um, uh, But, I, okay, I yeah. watched I watched The Lion King dubbed in, it was dubbed in Urdu. So I, I, I watched it. It was, it was, ha- it was in Urdu. Um, and I, you know, it was, wow, like really moving, beautiful, you know, 
movie. I don't know if that was a sufficient transmission, you know, for me to move for for it to undo all the other messages that I was getting in society all the time, like all the time that I wasn't watching TV, which was a lot of times, you know. Um, I, I feel if, if you do, you think that if you were just way more exposed to, let's say, Bollywood or Indian, you know, Indian soap operas, do you think that this would meaningfully? change the way that you view the world the political system around you change your ex experience to religion you know like i mean these are really um meaningful and important and actually foundational mm -hmm. uh it, you know foundational memes and i don't think that they can just be displaced by pop culture alone um they uh, you know they pop culture affects them of course but i don't think that that's that's sufficient um I just think it's okay. I'm, I'm thinking if it was. it's hard to compare a Bollywood. I mean, the, the the sort of values of of Bollywood are like entirely Western compared to the values of the Taliban. I mean, I don't like. We can't see but a the close Taliban, up of a woman's face in a Bollywood <clears throat> movie, but that is well, like not the same as not being allowed out of your house. But the the Taliban. Um, has been exposed. I mean, we already did the we did the experiment, right? For 10 years we threw American culture at these people in every way that we can. We literally we had like Well, that was the mistake. educational we, we, <laughs> no, was, no, we had yeah. we had consultants from America who were who who mm -hmm. knew all about women's rights and who had all these conferences and they had all these seminars and they went to you know, they took a lot of Do they have Taliban to go Barbie? to these, <laughs> But they, they did the they did the work. They tried to re to to educate these people out of you know quote unquote educate in this really like condescending way, but to 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 impart their values on their culture, and it went away like that. Yeah, you know, after a, over a decade of doing this and spending un un unbelievable amounts of money on educational efforts, it didn't it did nothing. It did nothing. You know, there's a small group of elite women who now feel differently about things, I guess. But they are still living in a society that doesn't support that at all. Their daughters will be living in that society and might even be more conservative than them. You know, mm. it, <laughs> um, it is not to say that progress doesn't happen, but we have to have a more holistic understanding of what progress is. Um, well, it's a very imperialistic approach to progress. Mean, it's actually not importing. imperialistic enough. Okay, I'll say more about Cause, that. Because we're just doing we're 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 thinking about um, ideological change as something that is a simple matter of talking to a person and you know convincing them, and that's it. <laughs> and now they're, now now they're different. <laughs> but if they if they are if their their universe, if everything they see and everything they know. Um, simply does not correspond with what you're saying or pulls in the opposite direction, it will be very hard for them to fully grasp your meaning um, or even to, 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 for it to be, for it to make sense. Like, like the Copernicus thing, right? Like there's a, there's a time in which he didn't make sense. He was, he was, that was the gibberish, you know, yeah. and you needed everything else to change for it to not be gibberish. Um, 
despite the fact that there was physical that 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 Galileo had physical evidence, you know, he had he he, he had a telescope. He looked he, he made char- he made charts. He had he could prove that this was the case. It was still a tough pill to swallow because he didn't have um because everything else around him was pulling in the in the opposite direction. And when that is happening to somebody, um, in order for them to really, in order for them to change their minds, you really have to go like old school imperialist, <laughs> you know, like, again, if I was, if I was God, if I could do, if, if I could ch- change the world however I wanted, um, like God tier powers, like you might in a video game, and I wanted to change Afghanistan, I would do something that is not just a cultural imperialism, which is what America is um, indirectly doing and, and was directly doing in, in, in Afghanistan, but but this old school, literally, <laughs> you know, what the Soviets used to do, mm-hmm. undo, like wipe away their society, build new institutions, like um, change every bit of it, you know, from the ground up. And you have to, you, it has to be militaristic. It has to be ugly. It has to be, there has to be a good bit of bloodshed involved. Mm-hmm. And it has to be something superimposed for like a century in order for it to have any kind of meaningful effect. And is that worth it to free women? Is that worth it? Right. Like, I mean, I mean, that's what I was, a lot of people were saying that um, they wish that we had just stayed in Afghanistan because if we had, then the women would be, you know, better off. And my response to that was, you will have to stay in Afghanistan basically forever. That's what you're saying. What you're saying is we're always going to be there and we're always, always going to spend however much money, um, People are Americans are always going to be dying uh, in order to support this because what we are doing, what we are is a crutch and that crutch needs to be there forever. Um, And we do not have the stomach to impose the kind of very muscular imperialism that you actually have to do in order for the kinds of cultural changes and ideological changes that we want to take effect for them to stick. You know, like if you look at like historically, what did Ataturk do to Turkey? You know, (laughs) it was, it was not just a ideological, he didn't just pass out books. He forced the civil, the, the, Mm -hmm. the society to, to, to liberalize. He put the, put a gun to your head in a million different ways. And even then, you know, Turkey did really well and was very secular for a very long time. And it is still ahead of the rest of the Muslim world in its secularism. But is it, um, did, did he, you know, entirely rewrite yeah. the, uh, um, who, who they've been for, for so long? He didn't. And you see this now where Turkey's kind of moving backwards in a lot of ways. It didn't, it didn't stick. It stuck longer because he was very forceful um, and very militaristic. That was a very muscular kind of imposition. It stuck around longer. But even then, it's fraying at the edges now, right? So I, I, I think, yeah. I, Do you been... think that women are less miserable under the Taliban than Westerners imagine? Mm. Um, I don't know. Um, I think I would be pretty, pretty freaking miserable, Whoa. but I think it is a, it's a, it's a time and place where maybe everybody's really miserable and women are more miserable than men. So I think I, I feel confident. Of course, that's true. Of, of course, that's true. And the, 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 the relationship between how miserable the men are and how miserable the women are from 
in West Western society to you know Taliban um, controlled Afghanistan. Obviously, there's a huge difference there um, in relative comfort. Having said that, everybody is kind of not super comfortable um, in that society, and it, and it has to be it has to be said that. Afghanistan didn't go straight back into the arms of the Taliban um, for no reason. You know what I mean? Like there's something that that political group has is is promising and providing the people that the United States government was not able to do. And we need to listen to what that is. And we can we can actually listen to that and 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 be respectful of it while upholding our view that the status of women in that country is just a complete, um, you know, abomination. Were there, uh, not to abruptly change the subject, but uh, we should wind this down. Were there, are there Muslim Barbies? Is there a Muslim Barbie? There has to be. Mm, I don't know. There um, has to be. I did not have a Barbie in Pakistan. Um, I did not have, like, my toys were just like, yeah, like blocks and shit, but I was pretty young. Um, I don't remember that there have to be, of course there are like female, like dolls like that around. Oh, there's totally Um, Muslim Barbie. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sure, I'm sure there are. I just didn't play with that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I only got it in America. Um, and there are like more, more, in more conservative parts of the world. Um, it is not like halal to have like the female form displayed like that. Right. Oh, or even to have like, some Barbie. Yeah. yeah, some people think even the face, like to even to draw a face, is to um, insult God because only God does this. Only God creates humans. So like, you're not supposed to like. That, that's part of the reason you're not supposed to like draw Muhammad. You're not right. Like, okay, so the first hijab wearing Barbie uh, was released to honor an American fencer who became the first U.S. woman to wear yeah. the Islamic headscarf while competing at the Olympics. Yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah, her that was name bullshit. is Ibaj <laughs> such Muhammad. Yeah, really? Yeah, it was such bullshit. I, that she's made not me even, so mad. Is she is she like the? Um, she's uh, not the first Muslim Linda Sarsour of uh, hijab wearing. Well, I mean, this this is just a poor woman who's like thrown into international like su- superstardom because we just need a hijabi first hijabi to do x or y and like uh, we ne- we have that need fencing to, that's to so put, uh it's one of those elite sports why fencing? get rid of them that's the, the why IV. fencing is is a is a question and at, you will find that the answer is not like super egalitarian fencing because she's covered Oh, I thought you were going to say because it's like a tradition to fencing because she's covered because she doesn't oh. have to wear what you know. You're right. What whatever like the um. Yeah, you're right. You know, <laughs> she can cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. pissed okay. me off. The whole thing pissed me off. All right. Um. <clears throat> All right. Maybe that's. Uh, I have to look into that. All right. Well, we've been talking for a while. I know we should go to the bonus. Um, but first we have to do housekeeping, which we should have done in the middle. But what do people need Oops. to know? We had an amazing founders, uh, hangout the did. other day. Yeah. And all women too. That's that right. <laughs> often it's all men. Not often. One time it was all men. No, the, time right, the time right before it was all men. Male have, I know. Maybe we should like, just have not sex, including us. sex segregated hangouts by design. Wait, 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 wait. No, Megan, we have to be, we have to be, th- this is not accurate because it has never been all men because 
at least one of the participants oh, that's has always been okay. a woman. Right. We're just not counting it's, it's her. Had a had a very <laughs> um, male heavy vibe though. There's a sometimes. woman with a male heavy vibe who is um, always present, and then there's us. So it's never been all men. Okay, um, you're right. You're excluding right. three. Oh women, my god, we're erasing ourselves. Been, okay, <laughs> excluding okay. three women, it has once been all men. Okay, and then this last time, it was all women. It was all so women and we got, uh, we were talking about sex and we were talking about, um, women's sex drives and if they are yeah. just, um, uh, sort of constitutionally lower than men's and what women do to, um, you know, have sex in marriage and sort of do women force themselves into having sex. And we were talking yeah. about polyamory and whether or not that's like a feasible thing for most people, if not anyone. Anyway, it was, it was good. Discussion. It yeah. was a really good discussion. I liked it. And I felt like, you know, I, I wanted to almost write it down. It did move differently than the more male-heavy discussions, I thought. There wasn't do, as much don't monologuing. You feel like there wasn't – well, there was less, um, like, argument, next person, here's my argument, next right. person, here's my argument. You know, it was it was less – more. it was more conversational and uh, less – here's my, you know, here's here my, here's my perspective and here's how I defend this perspective – um, which actually, you know, I like, I like, I like the, the male debate, of course you do. debate team mindset. <laughs> of course. Um, all right. Well, people, um, they should what subscribe to the Substack. We get, you guys seriously get bonus content every single week. If you become a paying Substack subscriber yeah. and it's really good. So if you're not doing that, you should seriously, you get bonus content, change your ways. you get access to our comment community on Substack, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And they are, you know, smarter than us and better than us. So you can just, um, you know, talk about how much. And we how, are going to interact with you more in the comments. We heard you. Uh, we heard we, you. We're going to, yeah, we're going to jump gonna in there our insights often. even there. Yeah. Um, you can't get away from us. We'll find you. Um, all right. Um, if you subscribe, so, uh, it's a special place dot substack.com. Uh, yeah, rate and review us. If you can't subscribe, if you like the show, you like what you heard, please rate and review us. Um, and I'm, I'm going to get a bunch of mean comments because of the feminist thing. So, um, well, people good. who That's agree fine. with me, people who agree with me, leave nice comments to like counteract them. Thanks. Um, yeah. Appreciate um, it. and they should, um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Yeah. Where you can see us pick our noses live <sighs> or not live. I mean, it's recorded, uh, but we yeah. don't erase it. We don't, no, we can't. We don't know we can do about that. Uh, yeah, so you, they should subscribe. And I'm, uh, if you go to my Substack, uh, I will ha I will um, publish my um, America Ferrara Barbie speech from the male perspective uh, imminently. Okay. All right. Thanks, everyone. So, all right. See you next See time. See you next time. All right. We're back for the bonus content. Um. Uh, we're back. We've, uh, we've peed. We've gotten um, our teas and coffees. Yeah. Oh, did I tell you? Um, I got, this is a bonus, this is definitely a bonus content discussion, but we got these like um, bidet toilets, like <laughs> toilet seats in every um, room in the house, except one. Why? In every bathroom, sorry. Um, what do you mean why? Because they're, they're amazing. Megan, they do everything. How many bathrooms They do, do everything. Have? You know, more I have, than two I have bathrooms. I have more than two. You got them for every single bathroom, bathroom that you have. <laughs> every single bathroom except one. 
What about like the guest um, bathroom? Because I would be, if I ever came to your house, I'm afraid I wouldn't know how to use it. Maybe the, Oh, yeah. Well, the... it's in the guest bathroom. And it's like there's like a remote. It, it has a remote. And you can just like do things on the remote. And it's like in position things in different places and stuff. And it's unbelievable. And it like heats the seat. So it's like warm. Your butt's warm when it sits down. It, you know, obviously there's a bidet thing. It like shoots out, shoots water up your butt. Um, and you can position the nozzle in different places. Wait, this get, is a part of your potty everything. training. Are we back to the potty this training? Is po- everything comes back listen, to toilets here's, for you. Here's what it is. It, you don't even listen. The thing is, is that this is the real, like, unspeakable topic in American society, and it's always just you know, it it, it gets my goat because it is one of the ways in which I'm like disgusted by American, um, you know, norms. Normally, I love American norms. I'm like way whitewashed, whitewashed, um, America pilled. But, but this is one of the things we need to be like. We need to have bidets. Toilet paper is not sufficient. Like you need you need you need water and toilet paper together, and then you feel amazing. You feel amazing. I think this is an upgrade that people can. If 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 you get a bidet in your house, you will never go back. You will never go you, everywhere else. I just else feel, you feel like it's not okay because I feel like it, you would not be all the way dry. Like you would just get like dry skin. No, but, no, That's what I feel. No, because like. you just pat dry with toilet paper. Then you know, mm-hmm. like just pat dry with toilet paper. It's like or or with you know some people do towel. And I, oh I like to do toilet paper still. Like I like to do, you know toilet paper still. But you can pat dry with toilet paper. But it's just a way way better feeling, and you feel so refreshed. And so much cleaner. And, you know, you just don't want to go back. But these smart toilets nowadays, they're Japanese. There's like a Japanese brand that we're, we have. It does everything, Megan. It it warms the seat. Like, like does, it know, does it anticipate when you're going to have to go? It, know- and like it, it, like it, it, it knows everything intuits. about you. It yeah. It, Does it, it keep track of what you eat? Can you have like clean. an Apple Watch that you keep track of what you what you eat, and then it anticipates when you're going to have to eliminate, you know, just based on your I've, metabolism and your colon patterns. <laughs> you so you are phrasing this as if this is like this insane, ridiculous thing. But smart toilets are coming are coming to you. AI eventually. toilets. AI toilets. Well, they they might not do that. They might not be telling. They might not be living your life for you, but. They can, and they <laughs> my, they, my they will they toilet, will believe me tell you um through your bowel movements um how healthy you are, uh, or they'll well, be able to they they yeah. will be able to tell um you know uh whether you got some problems going on and you need to go to the doctor, uh which would which is awesome. Anyway, so like get, maybe get instead these, of a this. colonoscopy, you can do this. You can you can go to yeah you can have a really a smart toilet, but. Let me just tell you, it's a new, it's a whole new world, Megan. You should do this. This is something you should invest in. Yeah, I'm put this is high on the list. I mean, this should be, this it. should be the only list. This should be the one thing. If I can list. get and more you have this subscribers, out, I'll do it. Yeah, um, um, but I feel like it's too complicated. So uh, it's not. It, it's, I was intimidated by it at first, the remote, but then, but then you use it and you're like, wow, like there's just um, you, you sort of. There's, it's an it's an enlightenment, truly. No, I'm sure. It sounds like, uh, you know, recently I rented a Tesla and I drove it. And it was a similar thing, though, because everything is on the screen. I was really irritated because you can't adjust, like, even how hard the vent, how 
you know, forcefully the vent is the air is coming out of the vent. You can't just there's no physical vent. You can't just anything. It's you have to like go into the and you can't do it while you're driving. And mm-hmm. so I feel like this would be like the well, Tesla the, with of the toilets. remote. You can totally hold it. You can right. hold the remote I and you can so. position everything wherever you want. And you know, I mean, I was afraid of it. I, at first, I didn't. I didn't use it for a while. I <laughs> had them for a while. I didn't use it. No, I just didn't use. I just didn't use because it's a seat. It's a seat on top of your toilet. But, um, mm-hmm. So I just use. Oh, you don't have normally. to replace the toilets. You just have to replace a seat. It's like a special seat on top of your toilet. Um, and it like gets, has to be hooked up to a water supply in a slightly different way or whatever. Um, and I just didn't use it for a while because I was like concerned about getting me to, you know, by the toilet. And so that was, I I just didn't know what it would do. Like, what is it going to do? It's going to shoot water at you. Don't have something to drink. Don't, don't drink before you sit down on the toilet. You don't want to be compromised in any way. Okay. Anyway, so this is, um, is this how, is this why your son is so reluctant to get potty trained or is this like his... His no, he has he hasn't yet been uh, introduced to the smart toilet, and that that will be an awakening for him. When, yeah, no doubt. Okay, um, um, all right. What well, are we talking of, about? Speaking of toilets, no. Uh, <laughs> there were a couple New York Times headlines that absolutely stuck in my craw this last week, um, and honestly, the worst one was. Uh, Okay, this, I I don't even know where to start with this. This was on July 20th. Okay, check out this headline. Nebraska teen who used pills to end pregnancy gets 90 days in jail. (gasps) I mean, I saw that. I'm like, it's really happening. It's really happening. All this uh, Mm -hmm. dooms, uh, these doomsday predictions about uh, post-Dobbs life is really coming true. This is terrible. Uh, and then you read on and uh, it turns out that what actually happened is this uh, teenager and her mother uh, obtained uh, abortion pills when she was almost at full term, uh, basically had a, a stillbirth or something close to it and um, burned the the, the body and um, buried the fetal remains a series of times, buried them and then dug them up and then reburied them. And um, this also happened before Dobbs. So uh, <laughs> a, a, a horrific story that has absolutely nothing to do with uh, abortion laws. Yeah. But the New York Times, uh, the, the headline is still up there. And there's been a lot of discussion around this. Yeah. I, I don't even know. Like I have to say, and then people go, Megan, why do you, why do you care so much about this? Why do you poke at this? Why is it so important to you to point this out? You know why? Because actually reproductive rights are really important to me. And if you care about them, you are going to uh, really object to this kind of misframing because it sets the whole cause back because it makes nobody believe anything. It's just, I don't, our media institutions are so irresponsible. They're just so irresponsible and i don't know how to fix this on the one hand it makes me think like you know nationalize all this shit you know and give them a budget to work with that they can't so that they can compete for clicks like a national it feels newspaper? like maybe that's oh you mean doing. we need like a state we just need like a state uh propaganda machine well right i mean there's, so, there's so outlet. there's so many well, ways where that's obviously not the way to go <laughs> but um it, it I, I just feel like they're, they're 
this is a really irresponsible class of people and in fact not worth not worth spending any not think you know what i mean like not trust not worth trusting at all there was some zayed jelani posted about this or something i don't know if he said this or someone in his comments said this but they um quoted evidently chomsky said that the best way to read new york times is like like to start at the end and then move up (laughs) You know, and read the headline. Oh, start in the start in the back. You know, of the, start uh, you start at the, the end of the, the article. Yeah, and the then, bottom of the then, article because right, and then that's where you're going to get. Well, it wasn't until the 16th paragraph that they actually right explain right. what happened. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, you get you get to the very end first, and then you move up, and then you're 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 much more likely to get a true story. Um. It's just so it's so frustrating. Um. And people are just going to, they're only going to see the headline. They're only going to hear this. It's going to become part and parcel of their worldview. They might not even be able to, you know, a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, remember the exact um, scenario that, you know, they then um, generalized into their worldview, but they will still have that worldview, you know. Um, and that's not, uh, you know, I, I have, I've been saying for a long time that, um, Dobbs will end up being overall good for the oh, I agree. choice, pro-choice No, we movement. talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, this is partially why. I mean, because painful the time. media institution, yeah. uh, well, the, the, but, but, but this is a, a gift to, mm-hmm. to, it's to a the gift media. of pain. It's a, yes, but exactly. Sorry. And they're going to, they're going to use it. They're going to use it. They're going to, um, we're going to see stories like this endlessly for years. And most of them are not going to be trustworthy or they're not going to, they're not going to mean what we, what, what it, what we think it means, but it will be alarming enough to uh, your average person uh, that it will, it will force them into a more extreme position in terms of, of choice and then state by state, you'll have eventually, I think, m- more reasonable laws that um, that reflect kind of what the, the consensus in European countries, um, which yeah. was more conservative than than Roe. First of all, um, I think it's impo- really well. Important ab- to, I mean, abortion was legal at at this time in Nebraska up to twenty weeks mm-hmm. when this uh, when occurred. this happened. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, no. But that doesn't but, matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> None of that matters because this is spiritually true. Right. You know? like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, if they want to do stories on this, they should do stories about um, physicians not being able to uh, perform necessary abortions, life-saving abortions, without calling the legal departments of their hospitals yeah. uh, and getting into yeah. a whole bunch of red tape. I mean, that is terrible. There are It is terrible. You know, the, the the story about about Dobbs it really just has to do with you know, high risk and you know, catas- right. catastrophic pregnancies right. um being forced to go to full term. I mean, that is yeah, horrible. Yeah. That's the story. Yeah. That's the story. Um, but and I, that's a that story, story that is non po- that is well, it well it happens too it happens, often. If it happens even once, it happens too often. It happens more than you'd think, but especially you've got women having, you know, their older mothers. I mean, there's all kinds of It factors. doesn't happen often enough to get people riled up enough to have to, to, to go to the voting booth and vote the way. Well, you know, I, 
uh, th- that's know. what I'm. I mean, it happens with perspective. The thing, I know, but it ha- it happens to Republicans <laughs> as often as it happens to Democrats. Yeah, it but they're not, not going to go to the New York Times and issue. talk about it. They're not going to, you know, I, <laughs> they don't, I mean, not, like, that I upset just, about it. what's going on. I don't know. Um, no, I agree. I agree with you. I agree <laughs> with you that it's horrible and um, it happens too often. I'm just saying from an activist perspective, from from the perspective of whoever it is that wrote the story, obviously the real life harms of abortion are not, you know, they're not sufficient. You really need to like dial it up and bring up all these, this, you know, fake news shit and and then then you'll see this, this is serving the cause. I mean, in, you know, and technically and I do I tweeted about this and I mean, uh, you know, I got all the like people on the all the, all the New York Times haters on the right were you go girling me. But I also mm-hmm. had some people on the left saying that I was, you know, in, in fact, yes, they did. They of of the charges that were brought, one of them was um, it was illegally obtaining uh, uh, abortion pills. but. <laughs> I, that's not what the story is about. And mm-hmm. and the fact is that I think people, people at the New York Times do know. I mean, I know enough people who work in newsrooms. It's not all of them. There are, there are cultural and generational divides in every single news organization. And I guarantee you that, that whoever wrote this headline and whoever framed the story this way <clears throat> probably had to push against some, more seasoned editor that would they didn't want to do it that way would they? But. because i this is the problem with having a very you know with having kind of a, a monoculture in that even those who have better instincts about these things even those who care about objectivity and would if they knew all the facts they would con- contest this they're, they're this is not going to be on their radar. they're not going to pick it up they're not going to pick up misbehavior from extremists in their camp as easily as they will pick up misbehavior from extremists no. in the other camp. And that's why it's important to have some kind of balance. Even if you have a, a whole, even if you have a whole, you know, office full of wonderful Gen Xers who are, you know, old school liberals <laughs> and super objective and <laughs> whatever, like if they have all the right um, uh, intentions about all this you still you still need them to feel differently about politics in order for their you know radar guns to be pointed in the right direction it's just something we can't help and i think um having the level of humility enough humility to understand that you cannot help regardless of your intentions it is really really hard not to be biased and we can do whatever we can do on an individual level to make things better and we should um, we can get better or worse, but on an institutional level, there's really one answer, and that is heterodoxy, and it has to be somewhat enforced, and it has to be understood as the way to keep the newsroom honest, you know, mm-hmm. the way to keep newsmaking, you know, uh, uh, actually high quality, um, uh, more than just like a political ideal, but but this is how you get to better news. This is how you get to better reporting, better journalism. That's how it should be understood. Um, you know, that, that, I mean, but I don't think we're about to get there anytime soon. Okay. Well, so uh, there's another uh, story from um, the other day, New York Times. Is it safe to go outside? How to navigate this cruel summer? 
Heat, flooding, and wildlife smoke have made for treacherous conditions. Use this guide to determine when it's safe to head out and when you should stay home. Hmm. I'm like, I'm really glad they they made a guide. How else would you know? Um, <laughs> I mean, this is... <laughs> I mean, they're like... Um, I mean, it's like temperature alone. What to check for? Temperature alone <laughs> isn't enough to... to information to gauge health risk. The body struggles more to cool itself in humid conditions. The heat index, which combines temperature and humidity, is a more accurate measure of what heat feels like. The higher the heat index, the more dangerous it is to go outside. You know what this is? It's so disembodied. This is like what happens when people look at their phones to find out how hot it is outside rather than stepping outside. Mm. Because really what the, the, what this entire article is saying is don't trust yourself and don't have a body. Yeah, like, that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So um, if the heat index is 103 degrees or above, avoid vigorous activity outdoors and limit your exposure to heat. Uh, hmm. what, what to check for. Um, let's see. Poor air quality. Uh, mm-hmm. You should, you know the AQI measures levels of ground level ozone, particle pollution, carbon monoxide, sulfur dioxide, nitrogen dioxide in the air to determine a score from zero to 500. The higher Mm. the number, the greater the level of air pollution. How did anybody, how did we function before we had all this? Evidently very badly. Um, I think this is just like info porn. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) people just want to feel better informed about everything. And even if it's not like practically useful or, or worse than nothing, you know, like you're actually like somehow, you know, less informed with all this, like, um, information you won't really be able to process properly. Um, yeah, but we can't help it. We cannot help it. It is, uh, like, it really is like porn. It's like sugar. It's uh, well, it's something it, about information yeah. that we just cannot resist. Um, and I think we need to be thinking about it as a hazard. You know, I think we need to, I need to be, it, we think of sugar as a hazard to health. Like we think of some, it, it's some, it's something we need, but in, in certain quantities, it is a hazard to our health. And we need to be thinking of information, just pure, just raw information as a hazard to our attention and ultimately to our reasoning skills. Um, but I know that this is just, just another way that I'm like crazy and, uh, I'm going to get it from Twitter, but, but, uh, just, just log off and, and, and go outside, <laughs> you know, like don't read it, don't read the article and, uh, go outside and you'll be Yeah. Fine. Some of the, a lot of the comments were, uh, extremely appreciative of the piece, although there were a few, uh, that diverted from that. Here, here's somebody who wrote, I would like to go outside, but I'm now concerned about the AQI. Plus it's too hot today. Plus it's hot today too. I could just stay inside, but I have a gas stove and I'm also worried about a family member oh uh, who might have COVID. <laughs> no, no. So maybe it would be better um, if I went outside after all. I could go for a drive, but thunderstorms are on forecast for later tonight. Okay, and I don't want to get caught in my car in case of floods on the roadway. I don't know what to do. Can you help? Yeah, it's a joke. This has to be a joke. Yeah, that's very, very yeah. funny. Um, um, uh, it's true. It's true. Like it's, <laughs> but it's that it, this is you know. I mean, it's 
normal decisions are just just fraught. I know because now we know so much, and it and it's, there's no common <laughs> sense. <laughs> yeah, if you do stay home, try to avoid using the air conditioning. Become part of the solution instead of part of the problem. And then, of course, mm-hmm. somebody says, and practice birth control to prevent world population from increasing even further. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ridiculous. Um, this is, um, it's interesting, though, that the, the, how health gets, um, just bound up with this, the moral crusade mm-hmm. as well. You know, this, it's better for you and it's also better for the world. So yeah. do it because it's good for you. Also do it because it's good for everybody else. And why wouldn't you? Like, why are you so thoughtless and careless? And uh, yeah, uh, you know, why I think it comes citizen? out of f- fear and guilt. So I think those are big motivators for moral those are really, policing. For liberal yeah. audiences, definitely. Guilt is not yeah. something that works for conservative audiences. I think if I wanted to get them, oh. fear is good. Fear is still good. Um, maybe resentment, grievance. Mm-hmm. They're, pr- do they're you think good that, grievance. Do you think that conservatives? don't have guilt or that the guilt is sort of funneled through religion. I don't think they have the same amount of guilt. Yeah. I think liberals have more guilt than hmm. o- overall than, than conservatives do. I think conservatives have um, more fear, more anger going on. Um, I think part of it is that because it is, it is true um, to some degree what they, what they claim uh, their grievance is not ridiculous. You know, it is true that, you know, liberal media, like the main, the, that, yeah. that there are certain institutions that are very much captured by the opposite, by a camp that hates them, you know, by a camp that thinks that they are the worst people. Um, and so they're not, this is not a completely crazy uh, pr- perspective. Uh, I think what they really, what they really have is a sense of, um, you know, they would hate me for saying this, but I think they, I think there's a, there's a, that shame is playing an interesting role, mm. you know, not guilt, shame. Interesting. M- m- maybe because I, I think they feel as if they have been disempowered and that is in some sense, it's, it's true. It's true. Um, but also I think that if you look around uh, what is going on on like right America, it's, um, it, it it really is weaker in a lot of ways. You know, it's not as the intellectual bench is not as as wide or as deep. You know, um, and and this is a real problem. So they they can they can win. You know, with the federal so- federalist society does well. You know, it's like a holdover of conservative yeah. you know um, intelligentsia that's moving way, mo- that that is moving this country in a conservative direction and really holds re- true power because they're so organized. But where else do you see that um, on the right? Uh, in uh, and as we see a shift with you know rich white liberals, <laughs> rich you know the college educated people, but really people with that make money. Mm-hmm. Um, people that have gone to college, people that make money, that move move to the Democratic Party and stay there, and that's their that's their base. Um, you see, kind of this other America that has missed out in this you know glorious liberal revo- revolution, um, and they, I think they will feel both both shame and a sense of grievance. Um, and maybe that's that. If I was just a an evil you know mustache twirling media figure that's those are the two things that i would those are the two buttons that i would press in order mm-hmm. to um get more clicks from them <sighs> yeah i kind of i i uh some 
sometimes when I have like real anxiety, the only thing that helps it is going running when it's like a hundred degrees out. Mm, that's ter- That's a terrible idea. I did it yesterday. You're gonna die. Oh my god, you're gonna die. Well, yeah, it wasn't a hundred degrees. This podcast so by yourself. It was. Oh um, it was in the nineties. Okay. In the 90s well, that's, yesterday. that's still too high. That's but I feel high. really. I mean, but I yeah. I feel better afterward. It's kind of like I, you know, I it's don't like Bikram yoga. yoga though. Exactly. <laughs> it's like Bikram running. Yeah. But I I just really um, the only yoga I can stand is Bikram yoga. Actually. Really? Yeah. Oh, I think. People, oh my god. Yeah. I so, hated it. You hate that? I like I, sweating. Doesn't make you feel better. I hate it. Really? No, I, hate I would sweating. think you would be. I hate sweating. No, I, considering I, I, in the, the part of the world that you're from, I yeah, right. But um, uh, you should uh, not stereotype people. Um, I'm just in, trying in to honor way. your culture. I, I I do hate I hate um the the heat. I prefer colder weather. Um, in every way except for the fact that I get like serious vitamin D deficiency and then get really pale, like really weird. Well, then you ashy. should go r- running in the sun. Ugh, but then you get wrinkles. Oh, I don't know. There's yeah, there's a lot of people in the comments. A lot of people in the comments for this uh, uh, climate piece in the New York Times were talking about um, wearing a a wide brimmed hat. Mm -hmm. There's a whole thread about that. Mm -hmm. You should. Um, You should wear a wide brimmed hat. I know, but I feel like uh, that you look like an old lady if you wear. If I, I do have a wide brimmed hat, but when I put it on, I'm like, oh my god. (laughs) Make it. Get a fashionable wide. Wide rimmed hat. There are also like ladies who brunch who have these like I'm in Cancun kind of hat. I know, you know but what that's I'm talking still about? Those like, straw hats. It's can you I, pull that yeah, off? I have that. I yeah. have. Okay, that. Well then, but it's yeah, it's just I put it on it. and I'm just like oh. It, it's, there there's an old I lady way to do it, and there's shears. a there's a fashionable there, yeah there's a gardening old lady way to do it, and there's a there's a I'm I'm on vacation I'm brunching way to do it, and I think you I guess if you don't have like a chin if it doesn't have a chin strap it's better definitely it, you have to do this you have to like hold it put know. it back so it's not even covering your face yeah stupid <laughs> the whole thing is stupid okay. uh, Just don't go outside don't go outside and uh, read the new york times and get anxious doom scroll as... yeah yeah oh i'm not anxious about doom scrolling no Just i like the cold i like else. the cold weather um mm. not like too cold not you know, I don't want to live in Boston and I don't want to be moved to Canada. Um, but I do like colder weather a lot more than than warmer weather. I like the clothes. Yeah, like, me too. Um, oh, you know, yeah. Like, like, even what, like what I'm wearing now, I like wearing yeah. like, sweatshirts of, and I yeah, like wearing no. them all the day, all the time. It's much more fashionable. Well, yeah. I mean, everybody likes the fall, I think. Crispy fall. Crispy, Crispy New England fall. fall. This, this mm-hmm. is great. Uh, anyway, this is riveting. Well, uh, is there anything else? To discuss. Is, is there anything else? I don't know what we were. Um, we have a lot I think of, there you was. know, we have you know, people are, so many comments. People have so many comments and they were asking for uh, advice, which we're going to. Which. OK, so we're going to get to this. Um, the, your um, your advice. Uh, we're we haven't decided whether it's just going to be a bonus thing or whether we're just going to release a different different episodes for bonus people. We'll we'll see um, what whether we can. um and make that work. Um, so we're not 100% sure, but thank you for your questions. They are very good and interesting. And actually, other people are answering them and they're doing a good job. So oh, but not as good here. as you, though. 
I'm going to get, why am I even signing up for this? Like I, I, you know, this, it was, wasn't it my idea. Didn't I say this, mm-hmm. but of course it was. And then, um, no, but, but, but it's actually going to get me in trouble. Like everyone just hates that. I give them this advice and it makes all it invalidates all their life choices and, and, and shames them. Uh, well, I mean, we sometimes there's shame. no, no going back. I mean, do you hmm. even think it's ethical to give advice to somebody for whom there's nothing they can do uh, about the situation. I mean, well, they make can you can you can tell them like, look, accept it. You know, like you have to just you have to accept it and 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 move on. But I yeah. think we need to give like th- there there was um a really interesting piece I read. I'll find it. I'll see if I can find it. Um, and we can discuss it next time maybe. Um, on. On, on the rest of the, the full episode, but um, it was a piece from a psychiatrist who basically talked about how, or, or a psychologist, I can't remember, um, but he talked about how we need to bring judgment back to therapy, like mm. that 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 he felt that his profession was encouraged not to judge, to just help people come to their own conclusions and ask questions and, and then to accept the conclusions that they reached, regardless of how you personally maybe feel about it. And, and he felt that there was too much of that going on in his profession. And I think, and he thought that they're, that they needed to judge sometimes and they needed to tell, you know, women who were making bad choices. And he, he, he was talking about his patients, um, some of whom I can't remember exactly, but it it, it was, you know, women who would repeatedly make bad decisions and, go, you know, repeatedly date men who are violent and then get mm. beat up by them and mm. horribly abused and then go to another guy that was just the same. And he, you know, wished he could say to them, I think I, if I recall this article correctly, because I'm, I'm hoping I'm not mixing it up with the comments that I read about it. Um, but it was uh, it, 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 it was that that you need to be able to tell them that you are making a bad choice and you need to stop making this bad choice. And you can't and do that time, anymore because you're sort of judging. But I mean, are you yeah. not allowed? Is, is it less, uh, is it, is it okay to tell a male patient that he should stop a male? Well, I think he felt both. Because I mean, you're telling when you're general, policing women. I mean, but if you could tell a man, yeah. like you're, you're making the same mistake over and over again, buddy, pull it together. That seems yeah. maybe more acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. I think he just noticed a broader trend um, that he he thought that was undermining the value of therapy anyway. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, people go to therapy because they just want their life uh, validated. I mean, they just yeah. want their decisions to be well, reinforced. Or to look at things from another perspective. I think it's exactly the same as tarot card reading. <laughs> oh, we've been. I think this, it's exactly. Yeah, we've talked about this, but I think it's tarot card reading, and I think it's um, fulfilling the same um, psychological need that you know tarot card reading fills, and it's not a negative thing. Like I'm not against it. I'm not against going, and if, if you're somebody who is open to the idea of tarot, to go and and check it out and see if it opens up new avenues of thought for you that you hadn't considered in the past. Um, or if you, if that is too, you know, lowbrow, too woo woo, too, too uneducated for you, go to therapy, you know, and, and have, and I have to tell them to do the same thing there. Um, I do think it's valuable. I think it is valuable. It's just not science. That's you know, what that, that was have. my main, that was my main. I point. was talking with somebody last night. It's, uh, it's so obvious that there's going to be AI therapy soon and that mm-hmm. could actually work mm-hmm. really well. Could it? <laughs> they could yeah, train they could teach the ai to be a brilliant therapist you could go to effectively sigmund freud if you wanted yeah. to because they could yeah. program would people the do you AI think would to people do it would people i think people AI? would get used to it i think they could get over the hump i think that yeah uh-huh. 
I mean, so we have already had the ability to do like online AI. Like you can have a computer do a tarot card reading for you, but it, I mean, maybe not entirely, but I think that we, we seek that human, like we want something yeah, but spiritual if it gets better happening and, better. And, and AI doesn't, AI doesn't grant us that, that kind of um, feeling as if something transcendent from but above they'll be able me. to teach the ai you, it will start working but because people will already know that it's ai so they can't they won't feel that way you know what i mean do you think i don't know i feel like this is kind of um like artificial womb of of the mind you just have to get oh, over god. this hump i know oh my god um okay we're gonna talk about that soon with um, yeah Diane we are Fleischmann. i'm excited yeah yeah cool yeah. okay all right well have we done this has been bonus? enough yeah, yeah. I think so. okay all right all right, Take everyone. everyone. Thanks. Bye.